Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 412. And Daryl apparently developed some sort of throat affliction in the last 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> what's up, Daryl? I will kill you. Oh, great. Now you're whispering and they can't hear you. So ASMR stuff. Oh, oh well, you still have to like talk a little louder so they can hear you. But I will kill you. Wow. Is that better? Why? Why are you trying to kill me? <laughs> What's going on? I don't here? know. What are you like? Are, are you gonna like at the end of the episode be like? It's. Uh, I'm just here for the money. No, I'm gonna be at the end of the episode, and I took that personally. Mm. <laughs> And then I'm gonna I be like, and then I'm gonna look at you and say, "Cry me a river." <laughs> anyway, goddamn mental patient. Um, so hi, welcome back to the episode. Um, this week's episode is number four hundred and twelve, and it's called "Monarch: Legacy of Russells." And you'll get that when we uh, when we review it here in a little bit. We're gonna be talking about Monarch: Legacy of Monsters. Um, quick spoiler, I'm. I, I loved it. We've only watched. I've. I think you've only watched the first two episodes as well. So we've both. Yeah, only watched I, I stopped it too. The first yeah. two, and like I love it so far. Like I think it's great. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like how it starts. I every. I I like a lot about it. And there's not much where I'd look at and just like, mm-hmm. eh. Yeah. There's one or two things, but sure. overall, I think it's very solid. We'll talk about it a little bit later, mm-hmm. but that's this was one of those pleasant surprises. Yes very pleasantly surprised at, at how good this was um and it looks great too so but we'll we'll get we'll get right into yes. that uh all right so let's uh let's just kick off we're gonna we're just gonna get going here um we're gonna delve into our our favorite subject or one of our favorite subjects of late um the marvels and the hungry games the box office. Do we have to? Yes, because since November 26th, The Hunger Games has not made a million dollars in any given day. Or I'm sorry, sorry, The Marvels, not The Hunger Games. So The Marvels is sitting at So when last we checked, The Marvels was at um like 74 million total. And it's been a whole week and it's at 78. No, no, not even that much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So it's I'm only at 78 at million domestic and yeah, 188 the, worldwide. And like three days ago, it was at 187 still. I'm looking at the dailies right now. Oh, yeah. The daily numbers. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thursday, it only made $97 per theater. Oh my goodness. $97. American, US, highly inflated, not worth shit dollars. Oh. So, like, what, okay. What does B say? What? Oh, my stars and garters. Oh, yes. Oh, your stars and garters. Or, like um, Luke Cage would say, sweet Christmas. <laughs> Since it's that season. Um, oh, man. So, yeah. So, let's look at the Hungry Games. Um, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It has been out for a week less. It has not made under a million dollars. It actually has not made under a million five in any day in the two weeks it's been out. Its domestic gross is 106 million. Its international is only 86. So when we look at the Marvels, its international is 110. Um, and it's made 193 worldwide. 
in a week less. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the. Oh, you know, to sorry. Be- and it was also on about 300 less screens every day. Mm. So it's uh, it's doing way better with the average screens. I mean, although with uh, Thursday, it only made 450 per screen. But, you know, I mean, that's just because it's in week three of a, of a movie. Yeah, what was this? Uh, I don't see what its uh, <clears throat> budget was. Oh, uh, the Hunger Games budget was like not not big. Um, okay, it wasn't it wasn't three hundred and twenty million. Like, well, yeah, I knew that. Like, it again, it was. Yeah, it's. I I guess it was doing. It's doing. It's again, not comparing it. I I would rather compare this to what the other Hunger Games have done. Yeah. But because again, one of the things against this movie, well, there's a couple things against the Songbirds of Snake. It's Rachel Ziegler, wow. and two, again, the Hunger Games. When was the last Hunger Games movie? Ten years ago, maybe. So, yeah, uh, yeah its like budget that. its budget was a hundred million. So okay, so so it's doing for its budget, it's doing pretty. I mean, pretty solid. It's uh, so what? It's at it's an almost two hundred million. It's probably got to make. I mean, it still has to make another hundred million if it's going to oh, make it. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. Which I mean, there's a good chance that it might at some point. I don't know. I'm not, you know. But the Marvels, like Wikipedia, is saying that its budget is two seventy four point eight with a gross of two nineteen because of or a net of two nineteen because of um, tax breaks they got from England. But this is not the true number because in a in a filing that Disney had to make, it was already at 280. So, and that was a year ago. That was last September. And they kept doing reshoots after that. Yeah. So, anyway. I mean, even like probably their net is going to be like with that big tax break is going to be like 3 million or 300 million still. So, it's a uh, you know, it's not good. It's not good for them at all. So no. Anyway, and, and it's one of the yeah. <clears throat> yeah just a, like there's no, you know, white knighting for the Marvels. There's right. nothing you can say. There's nothing excuse you can give. The movie is an abject failure. Case closed. Right. So no, it's not COVID, Bob. <laughs> None of that stuff. Yeah, it's also not superhero fatigue. No, it's not. So it's um, it might be like Brie Larson's bullshit fatigue. Yeah, or bad writing fatigue. Yeah, Nia DaCosta's um, racism and you know blaming of other people and things when she didn't even finish the job fatigue. <laughs> so I don't understand oh, how you give this. Like any of any movie that's got a three hundred million dollar budget, to someone who's directed one movie really with the Candyman, and it's an A twenty four movie, which is like, mm-hmm. like they have a system, you know, and they only spend like if they spend fifty fifty million dollars on a movie, that's like a huge budget for them, right? So I don't know, I don't know, I don't get it. Get what you pay for. You do. You you should never let. 
someone be a first time writer and a director for at that. Yeah. At that rate. And, and that's yeah. again, that's in, that's just a blanket statement. That's not talking about yeah, no. their ideals that they put in movies. No, that's just no one. Good. Just real quick, I was watching the Silverback and you know the Ripper, the you know Young Ripper and the Silverback, which is uh, as, mm-hmm. and he was they were talking about this, and he was like, if someone gave me you know X amount of money to do a Batman movie, like three hundred million dollars to do a Batman movie, I would do the best I can, but I don't I don't know what the f I'm doing. Yeah, you know as far as making a movie. Yeah, and these people they don't know what they're doing as far as making writing a story. It's yeah. the same thing. who knows i mean i'm assuming aquaman is gonna follow this now after a lot of the uh the amber heard backlash and you know you had Zack snyder coming out and like well amber heard is not that bad it's like "Mm, great now we can't watch your movies either because you're an idiot (laughs) i'm I'm sorry i will still watch even though i'm i i admit i'm admit i am an admitted Zack snyder fan yeah i mean you still have a disney plus subscription too so I, well, it's Hulu and ESPN Plus, and it's anyway. It's still Disney. But, yeah. You're giving Disney money. Yes. So, yes. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to. Actually, we're gonna stick with the the MCU here for a minute. Um, <clears throat> Michael Waldron, who I believe was fired off the Loki show, like because he was the original guy for Loki season one. And then did not do Loki season two because of what a disaster the multitude of madness was. Well, it has him as writer for 12 episodes of Loki. For season two? Well, 12 episodes. Uh, so there total. were not all the episodes. Yeah, so total. So, okay. Which, so, uh, all right. So I, I, I don't know. But he also created Heels. But I don't understand how he could create something as bad as Loki season one and if he's involved with Loki season two and then the multiverse of madness, which was not a good movie. No, it was a messy movie. And like it's a multiverse of mess. Right. And so now they're giving him the, the script for the Kang dynasty and Avengers secret wars. I get having like one voice in there, but Mm -hmm. maybe make it like a good voice. Honestly, yeah. This is the thing. Loki season one was terrible. Yeah, it was like I will tell anyone that it was it was awful. I will give him credit, not just for heels, because yeah, you know, we both yeah. like heels. Right. Loki season two has been a. I still don't know if I would trust him with what they're doing, giving to him, but Loki season two is far and away better than. The four episodes I've seen, or the five episodes I've seen so far, every episode, single episode is better than anything that was done in season one. Yeah. Anything. So okay, well. he's, show, he's showing me here that he has potential. When you combine season two of Loki with heels, like the whole, you know, the series of heels, it shows that he, and I, I would actually go this route. Yeah. It looks like he is growing because what he's done since Loki season one and multiverse of madness, it's been better. However, with that said, I still don't know if I would trust him to the keys of these massive movies that if they fail, Mm -hmm. if they 
don't knock it out of the park, as dead as we think the MCU is now. Yeah. It's on life support right now. It's it's I mean, he's like, another one of these though. Right. Like he he was an assistant writer for 13 episodes of community. He was the executive producer for something called Good Game. Um, he wrote uh, an episode of Rick and Morty. Yes. He, he's the creator and writer for 12 episodes of Loki, creator and writer for 16 episodes of um, Heels. But we know he didn't write all those episodes. That's the thing. Like, we have 12 different writers, like, for... Yeah. For heels, um, right. So he was the yeah. he was probably the I don't know if was he the showrunner for heels. Uh, yeah, he was the executive producer. Yeah, so okay. Um, but yeah, so it's just weird. Like so, but he's right. So he wrote Doctor Strange and the Multitude of Madness, and he did not produce. He's not producing Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, but he is writing. And then he's got another movie he's writing called The Worst Guy of All Time and the Girl Who Came to Kill Him where he's writing and producing. So I like, you know, I don't know. I, again, say what you will about how much we like heels and how much I'm surprised at Loki season two. I just go back to the point of his resume. If, if he had all of these things were abject success or critical success your fan success and we could look at everything he's written, even though it's not much Mm -hmm. and say he's done only four things, but all four of these things have been great. Yeah. I could understand taking this. Okay. So here's my thing is if I see Rick and Morty on somebody's resume now, like I know they're not going to have a sensibility that I like. Cause what I've watched of Rick and Morty, I do not care for. Well, yeah, I I don't know if that's fair necessarily. Well, it depends I, I just, on what else. It's just done. when you see, like, it's just like, well, it's. But here's the thing: is Marvel's hiring all these people who are former Rick and Morty writers or have written an episode or been in the writers' room, and then giving them like series and stuff like that. Like almost everyone they've hired in the last five years has been a part of Rick and Morty somehow. And like, I don't think Dan Harmon is like the Dan Harmon coaching tree is is not exemplary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, it's it's more so. I I I I do get what you're saying, but I it, that's not the biggest issue to me. The biggest yeah. issue is every one of these people that are being hired. You look at their resume, and it's very very sparse. Sure. And yes, they they're you're, what you're saying about the sensibility, but in, that's also in part to the fact that they don't have the experience to do to yeah. Show that they, you know, because again, if you're good writers, yes, you you stick to certain kind of genres, but the great ones are able to write in a lot of different medias in a lot of different ways. And when you only have five yeah. writing credits, sure, like what what is that telling me? Well, about? and here it's I, not really telling me anything. I pulled up Loki. He, the written by, he did the premiere, and then season one finale, and he does not have a written by in season two. That's very interesting. So, so, but I mean, he was the, you know, he's, he's the executive producer, you know, or an executive producer. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, 
they, they just need to back the bus up and just ask the Russos, please come back. They just need to stop at, for five years. Get well, their shit together. Recast the Avengers with like, you know, like proper actors, get good directors. Maybe they just sign the Russos up and be like, look, you guys are only directing Marvel movies from now on. Yeah. See, this is the thing. We keep saying that and they're not going to do it. Oh, no, they they're are not. not. We, it, they, so. They're not. So that's why I'm, I'm done saying they need to do that. And just saying, if you're going to keep going, which they are, because they're you hire the people that you know can do a good job. Yeah. This is not like an A24 movie in the sense of, you know, an indie or an indie movie where you're trying somebody's cutting their teeth, right. so to speak. Right. These are major properties which have brought in in the, in the past major money, major fans, major eyeballs, right. and has become a part of the culture, but you've lost that. Mm-hmm. It's not you're losing it. You, they've lost that. Right. And again, like I said, this guy being hired back on to do these movies, I, I don't think that's the right. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not going to even say I don't think. That is not the right move. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at like A24, right? They definitely have a system. You yes, know, they do. They they have a system for how things get done. They have oversight. They have all of that, and it's just okay. It's like Blomhouse, you know. I mean, like not every movie is going to be a hit, but no, you know, not. I mean, A twenty four brought us everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, you know, they've got a bunch of movies that have won Oscars. They brought us Ex Machina. You know. Yeah, I you, I forget that sometimes. It's because it's been what almost ten years since that movie. Two thousand fifteen, yeah. Jeez. So, and it's still in their top ten of highest grossing uh, grossing films, both domestic and worldwide. So, I mean, it's just that was a solid, solid movie, solid piece of writing, solid piece of acting, you know. It is what it is, I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Not super excited for uh, for Loki or anything he's involved in. But so let's uh, let's switch gears and get to our last bit of news. Uh, out of nowhere, we got a trailer for Furiosa. A glorious trailer. Like where did he come from? Out of nowhere, and uh, you know it's. George, uh, I was going to say George Michaels, George Miller, <laughs> um, you know, Anna Taylor-Joy as a young Furiosa, I think is great casting because she's awesome and smoking hot. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is in there as a nigh unrecognizable character at first. Yeah. You got a younger version of Immortan Joe. Yeah. And it's, and again, Two things we like look for in trailers. One, it's it's obviously the spectacle to get you excited, right? But especially nowadays, it's the less is more. Yeah. Too often we get trailers where it's like, oh, great! I don't need to see the movie now. Yeah. Like, uh, like let's take for example the absolutely awful Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. The last trailer for that just was, was like, movie. oh, yeah. it was pretty much. Beat for beat for what happened in the movie. Yeah, this is cut in a way where 
it gives you, and again, who who if you haven't seen Fury Road, Mad Max Fury Road, what's wrong with you? Uh, Get out yes. there. Was it 2015 or 2013? Twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Amazing movie. Has that same you know, the visual aspects of that. It has that same visual aspects, the same kooky type characters, and I'm really curious to see this, you know, the Chris Hemsworth's character. Right. And Yeah, he's I, playing I just, he's playing Warlord Dementus. Dementus. <laughs> So I just it it's just such a well done character with the music, the 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 visuals, and not telling you much from the story. Uh, this is one of those where I I hoped, and I I know they won't because they rarely they almost never do. Just leave this as the trailer, mm-hmm. and maybe throw a TV spot or two out there. Well, when, I will say with Mad the Max, they did not go overboard with trailers with Fury Road. No, they did, and no, they um, did. you know we saw very little of of what that movie was just like this. I mean, I, you know, I, I think these even goes like a little bit of a step too far. Um, because they show, uh, they show her with the, the robotic arm, but you know, it's like, it's kind of a given that we're going to see that, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted that or not in so, the trailer. Cause, halfway but, cause through, I feel like I was, that's the end of the movie. Maybe. Right. So I don't know. I, I'm well, super excited. Well, so I, I think it's funny that we got at the, the end of in the Infinity War trailer, we got the end of the movie mm-hmm. where you hear oh, Star Lord's yeah. like, oh man. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, that was the end of the movie. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I think it looks great. Um, you know, it's gonna have a bunch of CG, obviously, but like cool. Um but yeah. Well, anyway. I, I wonder how much practical if is it going to be like a lot of it most of it practical like the first one was. so the fury road was not all practical like we thought it was because there was a making no, of that no. came out and there was a lot lot more cg than we really thought was in there so i, I don't like, actually not i guess not me because i knew it like the overwhelming majority was practical but again there are things you can't do practically no no that, no there was a lot it, of more there was a lot more cg stuff that we thought was practical that wasn't that's how good that movie was that's why they but that's why George Miller takes so long to make movies. He yeah. does not, he's not like, oh, I'm doing a 28 day shoot and then, you know, six months of, of, you know, post production. He's doing like a six month shoot yeah. with another like six to eight months or more of post production. And like yeah. they're making it so, like, he, the way he does his process is like, you know, that, like, he goes in with the film already completely storyboarded and like, oh, you know, yeah, so, I know. But no, that's not saying, what a like, lot of people do now. Um, right. Who is it? The one, um, well, the again, one director this, like does the animatics for everything. I forget who does. Yeah. Was. So what I'm saying, Fury Road, most of the stunts. Well, again, there were a lot of stuff. Like I said, there's stuff. There's. I don't think if you told me something was not practical, that I would say, oh no, that wasn't. Yeah. It. it I could tell. There's a lot of stuff that was practical. Most of it was, but, and I don't mean just the because obviously like the storm stuff, mm-hmm. you can't do that. But there, there were some things that definitely looked practical that weren't. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but compared to most movies, most of the stuff compared to most movies is more practical than not. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Because yeah, like I said, you can, as much as I would love to, again, some of the stuff is way too dangerous too. Right, right, right. So, so anyway, but no, it's exciting. I can't wait um, to see see what what comes of it. 
you know so yeah uh definitely check it out looking the links are in it. the show notes looking forward to so. it yeah. cool all right let's move on to our last bit of the episode we're just motoring along today aren't we uh mm-hmm. so monarch legacy of monsters finally came out um, which I, I must Apple be honest, I, I, I found out about that maybe a month ago because I, 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 I just wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. to some you know, stuff going on. So I saw a trailer. It's like, oh, I didn't even realize this was coming. Yeah. So um, this is cool. So like um, so Legacy of Monsters uh, was developed by a guy named Chris Black, um, who's an Ohio guy. So we automatically support him for the most part. <laughs> but he did Severance, the other um uh, the other big one. That. but he was also like a producer and writer on like Cleopatra 2025 the Huntress sliders Star Trek Enterprise Hawaii standoff like he's been in the business for a long time um and the co-creator of this is Matt fraction Matt fraction comic book writer okay I'm like wait a minute that's that name so Matt Matt fraction um you know, he wrote Mighty Thor. He had a good run on X Men with Ed Brubaker. Um, he wrote uh, the whole, Haw- he, you know, Hawkeye. He kind of made Hawkeye cool again. Um, and then he and Chip Starsky wrote one of my favorite books in the last decade called uh, Sex Criminals. Um, it was an Image Comics book. It's very dark. It's very, <laughs> very uh, inappropriate. But um, I think you mentioned that to me. Yeah, once. like the the one lady. She stops time when she orgasms. Yes, yeah, that yes, you did. And then That's they the can and then the she meets a guy who can stop time when he orgasms and then when they do it together, they can go and do lots of stuff. Um like they they stop time, stop time. So yeah. Um it's really cool though. And it's it's drawn by Trip Chizdarsky. So um it's very just kind of trippy. But uh but yeah, it's it's uh like that, like when I found that out, I was kind of, ex- I was like even more excited for this because I, I don't like, you know, I don't like everything that Matt Fraction does, but I like Matt Fraction. Um, but this is uh, tied into the the movies. And I, honestly, I think this is a better use of the, you know, the Godzilla Kongverse, if you will, um, than doing movies. Um, I won't necessarily say that. I so, will say that. Well, this this is sorry. Let me let, the, me let me just kind of clarify. I, I think they should still do the big like Godzilla movies, right? But this is mm-hmm. like I don't want to see a Monarch movie. Like I oh, think no, this works no, better as a TV no. show to fill in the blanks for the things. In oh, between, oh yeah, in that where, regard, yeah. And then like it's yeah. not necessarily required viewing because like. You know, you could watch this movie and have not seen any of the Godzilla stuff and understand what's happening. I also would like a a show like this to, hey, do this show to give the background of the characters so we get more time for the monsters in the movie. Because again, right? My I always have issues with these movies is because they spend so much time with the characters. You mean like when Godzilla came out and we focused on Brian Cranston for the first forty minutes of the movie? Yeah, that it's that's the thing that because I, I understand why they do it. They want they want us to 
this is there too. They want us to connect with the characters, so we think they're you know the danger and the peril. We don't care about the characters for that. We don't go to these movies for that. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. Right. And this show is would be a good, you know, auxiliary type of media to make us care for some characters and, like you said, fill in the blanks with stuff that it would be too. We don't need to see in the movies, or right. we don't need all this background in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, th- this is a very, very good compliment to the monster fest that we want to see on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, 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 yes. A hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, and then they tie it in back to um, you know the mo- the the movies with uh, through uh, Takiro Hira's Hoshi Randa character, um, and then. We learn that John Goodman's character, we get to see the younger version of him, Bill Randa, um, which was really cool. And uh, I like how it opens with John, the the first right. episode. Yes. Um, at the, like, pretty much at the end of Skull Island, when it's like, well, whatever happened to him? You know, we didn't know. Right, yeah. So we just assume he died. And, you know, we still assume, I mean, we know he died at some point, but. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, it was it was it was really quite good. Um, you know, they follow Kate Randa, who's a school teacher, and I love how they call it G Day, Godzilla Day. Um, and right. she goes yeah. to Japan because you know her dad Hiroshi has disappeared, um, and she's trying to you know figure out what's going on. And they have a horrible relationship. She hates him. Mm-hmm. Um, where then she finds out that. Uh, she has a brother <laughs> and he had a whole other family. Yeah. He had a whole different family on another continent, um, which is funny. Cause it's, it's Renwat Nabi who plays Ken, Kentaro Randa. And like, is that Ken Watanabe's son? I don't know. No, it's not Watanabe. It's. Oh, Watanabe. Watanabe. Yeah. Okay. Watanabe. I know. Yeah. When I first, I don't know. It, it's just like when I first I don't saw know. My dyslexia went crazy and it. I just read Wantanabi. Anyway, but yeah. I don't think it wasn't just that because so. I thought the same thing for anyway. a split second. Like, um, but he's he's an interesting character. He's kind of a baby, like a huge baby. Um, and then they uh, they have a partner named May who is uh, an American expat who, um, you know, is, is apparently good at everything. So... <laughs> Yeah, played and by. I, they had a relationship too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her and her yeah. and uh, where she's Kentaro a little salty. A so yeah, <laughs> he did so, like he did something to her. Um, yeah. But but yeah. um, I will say, Kirstie Clemens is she's she's good in the role. Like there's like you know, but she was Iris West in the Flash. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, and, and this is what happens point. when people give you good stuff to do. I'm down with it. I, like, yeah, let's I see more say, of this. It was for terrible. Me. So yeah, I was about to say. Terrible in the flash through no fault of her own. I mean, she was also terrible in the Snyder cut. So, yeah. Oh no, it doesn't matter. It's like so. Yes. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, we'll see. Um, I'm 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 kind of excited to see what happens here, uh, with with these characters. But it's funny. She's just like good at everything. But she's also kind of like secretive, and you know, um, I, I she'll be. I think she'll be a good character moving forward. Um. And then we've got um, so that's the people in the present, and then the past. You've got um, Anders Holm as a young Bill Randa. You might remember him from Workaholics, um, 
Mari Yamamoto as Kiko Mori, uh, Mori, however you say it. Uh, she's a scientist who, like, her and Bill, obviously, you know. Um, well, not, well, I guess obviously because the the their children's names are Randa, um, so right, yeah. Um, and and their grandpa's name is Randa, uh, who you know they meet in the woods, and then uh, Wyatt Russell plays. Lieutenant Lee Shaw, uh, and then in the past, and then in the present, Lee Shaw is played by his dad, Kurt Russell, which now you understand why the episode is Monarch Legacy of Russells. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was super stoked. I didn't I didn't read anything about this going in. Oh, yeah. I Like I told you, I didn't know anything about it until about yeah. a month ago. So, so, I mean, like, obviously, because I have the Apple TV and, like, you know, like, all my stuff is Apple. Like, you know, I knew about it for a little bit. Um, and maybe maybe not much longer than you, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it came out on – so we're talking the first two episodes here. So it came out on November 17th for the first two episodes came out, and then the latest episode came out yesterday on December 1st. So, um, yeah, so it starts with like G day and, um, you've got this traumatized school teacher who was Kate and she shows up in tow or sorry, post G day. She shows up. Um, I thought the most interesting part about the first episode was like the Kaiju warning where they all had to go underground Mm -hmm. and she freaked out. Yeah, that, I mean that. It, I I I really like what they're doing with her, and because too often in in when something just horrendous happens in these in movies or mm-hmm. TV shows, you really don't see the trauma, right? Of how that that can affect somebody. Right. You absolutely see it with her. And again, not only did she she I mean she did survive. Not only did you know she see her city just absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. And not from policies, but from a dinosaur or from a monster, a literal monster. But she watched as a bus full of her students, students yeah. just died. She saved I like mean, three of them. It wasn't her fault. Yeah. But yeah. I know what you're saying. No, it wasn't her um, fault. But again, it's it, it doesn't matter fault or not. It's that she saw that and she probably does feel guilty. Does it, It's not rational. I tell you what I I like most about Kate is Kate is super entitled. And like when she shows up in Japan and she just unlocks the door expecting it to be empty. And then there's people obviously living there. And she's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, who are you? And she's like, what are you doing here? Like, not like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like, I got this key from my dad or, you know, and and I'm here to, like, settle some affairs because he just died. And, you know, instead, like, she's, like, super. And then, like, when she's, like, she keeps trying to leave and go home (laughs) because she's just not having any of it at this point. Um, And, you know, so – there there's that um i don't know it's interesting um i i i like i like how they go back and forth so the first like the it's in 2015 which is kind of the the modern day for the timeline throughout the series right and then um they start the so they're in 1959 in this one and you see uh bill and kiko with wyatt or not wyatt sorry with shaw and they're like like they're like a well-oiled machine, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they know what they're doing. They're a team and everything. And then, um, 
the way the first episode ends is on a great cliffhanger with uh, with Kiko like falling into the cavern because she's got a bunch of the the insectoids hanging on. Yeah. So I mean that was cool. It's like, um, and then in the second episode, the modern day is twenty fifteen, but then the past is nineteen fifty two, where we meet. We we find out how they met. Um, we're introduced to to Bill Randa, the young Bill Randa, and we learn that he was uh, on a ship that hit a kaiju. Yes. Um, in and that, that he talks about seeing a dragon. Yeah. Uh, what I like is sometimes it is very easy to completely flub up, you know, time jumps in right. movies or TV shows. We've seen, we've both seen that. Mm-hmm. And we've both seen good examples of it. Oh, yeah. And this is a good because it threw when it when it goes back to 1952, it completely throws me off because I'm I'm excited to see. I'm like, again, I think I know what happens, but I want to see what happens to her like when she falls into that pit right. or what they do afterwards. Right. They're like, no, no, they they do um, L.A. night. No, no, you're going to go back to 1952 where right. it all began with these three. Right. And then it looks like the third one is 1954 and the fourth one is 2014. So, I mean, I'm not reading the descriptions, but like, you know, just kind of looking. Um, right. But yeah, so like, I think it's cool. Um, you know, I think it's cool in the second episode when they find the USS Lawton, which is the ship Bill served on, Bill Randa served on. Um and it's 5,000 miles away from where it was supposed to be. And he's like, uh, he's the only survivor. So, like, you kind of understand a little bit more about him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was cool. Um, I liked in the modern day with the, um, the you know, Tim and Duval tracking down um, Kate, Kentaro, and May. And, like, Tim is just, Tim is what you expect. Um, like a government bureaucrat to be like in the field who's like, yeah, I got this. I'm going out in the field. And then having someone actually trained with him. I thought that was great. When, um, when Kate threw the phone in his face, which is like, why are you throwing your phone at him? You need your phone. I was thinking like, why did you leave your luggage behind? Like you need all of this. Um, like that's not going to give you the, 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 the lead time you think it's gonna right give you. but then when she gets caught and Duvall's just like just grabs her arm and just dumps her in the car i was like that that's a secret agent right there um yeah and i and i know and she like the look on her face sometimes where like when they're in the car and she's mm-hmm. like D- control her right and then yeah. she gets yeeted in the face with the with a heel and like they flip the car yeah. and it's like that's actually like like so because she was having a uh a really bad um PTSD moment mm-hmm. from from yeah. like you know the darkness that came when Godzilla attacked San Francisco, um, you know it was it was really 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 interesting. Um, I will say um, this this episode was directed by Matt Shackman, who has like he directed all um, a bunch of episodes of um, Wandavision. I think did he do all nine? Let me check. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he did all nine episodes of of WandaVision. So um, I thought that was. But he's done like Game of. He did two episodes of Game of Thrones. He did did an episode of Billions. He did the episode Cherry from The Boys. He did an episode of Succession. He did some New Girl. Like, you know, he he did um, Revenge. Episode of Chuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Um, You know, The Nine. I don't know if you remember that one. That was good. The Riches. That show was great. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, he's been it. at it for 20 years. Like this is the kind of guy who I want to see like directing stuff. Cause he did the first two episodes and it looks like they've got like two and two. Like, so the directors are doing, you know, back to back episodes, which I think always works well in television. If you're going to have a bunch of different directors, um, because then like you're telling, you're telling whole stories, like not just one yeah. episode at a time. Um, right. I, I typically like, if you can't have the same person directing all, you know, however many movies or episodes, um, it is a 10 episode season. So that's cool. And, and again, this is a weekly show, which as, as you're talking about in title, I, yeah. I think, you know, this is more about and less about the show, but us as people, so entitled to have all 10 episodes out of stuff. I like yeah. that certain streaming platforms are doing this with, with certain shows because yep. the a show like this, a show like I like with how they did it with the boys and yeah, some of the other things we've watched where it, it pays to have a week of yes. waiting. Yes, I agree. I 100% agree. Like I like the cliffhanger from that first episode, like that they did the first two together, I think works because it kind of gets you into it. But then the cliffhanger at the end of um the second episode where you know Kurt Russell's like let's let's go bitches, you know. <laughs> like awesome. <laughs> so, all right. So out of 10, why are the Russells such good actors? Oh, out of 10, I, I was going with the four. Oh. Out of 10, I get this uh, 7.75. Nice. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go with a straight seven for right now um, because mm -hmm. the second episode is super fresh to me because I, I I did uh, the elliptical. The like, you know, I was like, okay, I have 50 minutes. I'm just going to do 50 minutes on the elliptical today. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and I watched it on my phone. And I want to watch it on a bigger screen, especially oh, like seeing the yeah. Ion Dragon. Um, so, but yeah, yeah like I, I'm gonna reserve. Like I might, this might go up a little bit, That's but fair. Um, yeah, because second one is my initial reaction. But I think the show looks great. Um, I want to see more Wyatt Russell in things, just in general. But we said that during Virtue Signal and the Neutered Soldier. Um, yes. And uh, I'm always excited to see uh, Anders show up in things because he was my favorite character on Workaholics. So, yeah. but but yeah, cool. All right, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, to watching more of this. Yes, uh, yes. next or in the coming week. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. So we'll come back and we'll probably review um, episodes two. Maybe we'll just do like two at a time. We'll do episodes two and three next week. Five and or sorry, three and four next week, five and six the week mm -hmm. after that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but so we're gonna go. We're done. Thank you for listening. When you hear us next week, we will both be a year older. Oh yeah. So yes, we will. Um, so that'll be fun. So if one of us dies of old age, just understand. You know that's what happened. And we also likely have a nice little movie review, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I watched it last night, by the way. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Anyway. All right. Oh, yeah. You did say you were going to say it. All right. So on that note, we will see you all next week.
week. Have a great day, night, evening, weekend, wherever you are. And uh, subscribe to Daily Wire and watch uh, Lady Ballers, and you'll understand what we're talking about next week. Go blue. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>